Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, Liam, how are you doing? It felt a bit weird having no football this week, I'll be honest. It was weird. Um, and let's face it, the Pro Bowl is not football. It just isn't. It's an awful... Didn't, didn't even watch a play. Nor did I. Um, I watched the some of the competitions. I like those. They're quite fun. But <laughs> I, I'm not watching a, a game where no one really wants to play because they don't want to get injured and ruin their livelihood. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I gave up with it probably five or six years ago. I just refuse to watch any of the stuff now. But, uh, but yeah, if if you're joining us live, um, we teased a special guest last week. And uh, we do have a special guest joining us. Um, we're going to break this pod down into two parts. So you're going to get with, unfortunately, have to part with Liam and I for the <laughs> first half. And then uh, and then in the second half, we'll be joined by a very special guest. Um, but Liam, let's uh, let's not leave the uh, the taste buds of our listeners lingering anymore. Have you got a cocktail of the week? I do. So this is my own take on an orange fizz. I don't know how well you can see that. I'm not got, using a normal... Um, got a new glass as well. 
I'm using a different glass because, as I told you pre-show, Rich, um, the one that I was washing up snapped in my hands in the in the, in the um, washing up bowl, so I had to clean that up real quick, and it was a real rush to get back to the show. Anyway, it is all it is is gin, uh, lemon juice, orange juice, and a bit of tango I put in there, so it's fizzy orange, <laughs> whatever you want. Um, so it is just alcoholic orange juice, but it does taste pretty nice. So that's just a, a screwdriver, isn't it? You're calling it orange fizz, isn't that a screwdriver? Orange juice and screw, orange juice and vodka is a screwdriver, isn't it? I was about to say it's still. Yeah, but I was I was going to make a joke and say that the reason your your glass broke was because you were calling it a glass, not a glass. You know? Oh, here we go. If, if, you, if, you'd, if you'd have named it correctly, then it wouldn't have broken in your hands. Uh, let, let's move on because we're just gonna we're, we're gonna spark a northern southern debate, and the American listeners are gonna have no idea what we're talking about. It's fine. All you gotta know is that I speak properly and uh, Liam doesn't. So, I mean, anyway, there's no R in, in glass, is there? There's no let's, R. Let's <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, so today we're gonna talk through some of our favourite Dynasty Boy candidates. Uh, we've each got two. Before our special guest later, we'll uh, we'll tease you with three of his. Um, Liam, who's your who's your first dynasty boy? So I'm gonna go a little bit of a deeper dive than what you've done. And yes, that is a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a uh, a dig. Shots fired already. <laughs> I'm gonna start it off because if I don't get in there first, you are, and I've I've just got to get in there. So I'm gonna go off with Lavisca Chenault. Now his sophomore year was not um, what many hoped it would be. I mean, let's face it, the Jaguars were not what people hoped they were. Um, but Visca, he only improved on his yardage total by 18 yards last from the his rookie years from the previous year, 2020. Um, but Rich, I want to get your take on Visca because when we're talking about dynasty buys, I always think of who can I get that I like the value of not necessarily oh, who is a dynasty buy because they're performing at the top level so say uh, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson but I prefer my dynasty buys to be somewhere that I or someone that I prefer their value to increase over the next year say so with Visca I can really see that happening he's had 600 plus yards in both of his seasons in the NFL. Um, he was in the worst passing offense and the worst offense in general, but the worst passing offense in the league um, in 2021. They scored, um, I believe it was 11 passing touchdowns and threw 17 interceptions. Um, so I'm just going to leave that up to you and I want to get your take before I take a bit more of a deep dive into why I've chosen him. I think I've, I've never really been a Visca guy. Um, I'll be honest, last year, whenever he was getting kind of hyped up about potentially DJ Chark and, and Visca, and I, I've just never really got it. I think the, the potential is there. I think the ability to be used as a movable piece is fantastic. Um, he was he was pretty decent in my rookie model. Um, he was a 85th percentile prospect, which you know puts him between Brandon Ayuk and T Higgins. So pretty pretty decent level in terms of where he sits there. But 
I've, I've just never wanted to pay the price. I think he, he was overhyped because of his potential movability and, and kind of flexibility without that offense. Um, so I've never really been a, been a true believer. At his current price, so he's wide receiver 51 in current ADP. That's, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot. That That's a position where I'm just not drafting wide receivers. You know, anything outside of probably the top 40 receivers or, or my top 40 receivers, um, I, I don't really want a roster, if I'm being honest. I'd much rather, at that point in the draft, just take a punt on any and all of the running backs. Um, I just think that he's, he's a bit of a tease, and I'm not sure he's ever going to put it together. I'm not sure... Well, by the time that offense starts to put it together, um, it, he'll still be around. If I'm being honest, he's got two years left on his rookie contract, and I kind of feel like that's such a dire situation in Jacksonville that by the time that offense starts to function properly, Fisk is probably going to be in his last year of the deal and, and potentially moving out. And and that's before we've we've even mentioned the fact that you know. I know it's a new offensive scheme. I know it's a new head coach and offensive coordinator, but obviously they spent a first-round pick last year on Travis Etienne, who was supposed to be this hybrid player, this movable piece. And I just don't know if there's enough room to go around for both of them. So yeah, so I, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in Chanel. I think he's my wide receiver 53. Um, I've got him valued at kind of a mid-second. I think is yeah, pretty much what I'd pay right now. Um, but I'm I'm all ears. I'm I'm very keen to hear why you uh, why you think I'm all wrong. So I am just trying to get up the um, wide receiver contracts for next year for Jacksonville. But I, I pulled a couple of stats for you because I know you love your not these probably aren't um, obscure stats, but they're, they're still a bit more of a deep dive than looking at the uh, the sleeper career um, tab on on a player's profile. So. Last year, he had 18% of the receiving yards. He was one target off 100 targets. He had a 16% target share in that offense. And he had an 18% um, reception share. To me, a player with that much involvement in an offense is crazy value at the wide receiver. What was it, 50 plus? Yeah. I'd counter that by saying he had he had all of that last year, so he had he had almost a hundred targets, and he was the wide receiver seventy five in points per game. Okay, how many touchdowns <laughs> did he score last year? Uh, no idea. Not got it in front of me. I'm sure you tell me. Zero. Okay. He he didn't score a touchdown, and they scored eleven touchdowns as a passing offense on the year. They scored the least touchdowns. In pa- by the passing game, and they scored the 31st least or 31st most, so second worst offense in total touchdowns scored. To me, that offense is going to get better regardless of what happens next year. They, I don't see how Fisker Schultz can have a worse season than what he did this year. And tied to a, a rookie quarterback for two more years, I'd take that. If you if you gave Visca okay a touchdown a game 
So 17 touchdowns last year, which we both agree would be unprecedented and slightly ridiculous, yeah? Incredible, yeah. Yeah. Where do you reckon he'd finish, he'd have finished last year if he'd have scored 17 touchdowns in points per game? Because you're bringing this up, it's not going to go too high. So, <laughs> so let's go wide receiver 38. A, li- a little bit better than that. He'd have finished as the wide receiver 25. So okay. even so if he'd have scored, even if he'd have scored a touchdown in every single game, he still wouldn't have been a top 24 receiver. It's I just I lo- I, I love the potential, and I get at his current price, I get the idea of taking a punt. But it's um, yeah, I'd I'd rather at that cost go and buy a, a running back. To be honest, the other thing. I was going to say is not that I'd expect them to do it. Marvin Jones has uh, about three to four mil um, savings and DJ Sharks out the window. He's gone unless they bring him back in free agency. Um, So that offense kind of widens up a little bit. Yes, I'd expect uh, wide receivers to come in during the off season, but I think I could argue Visca all day with you, Rich. So shall we just move on to your next, your first player of um, dynasty buys? Sounds good to me. Um, so sticking with the the young wide receiver trend, um, my dynasty buy is going to be Devonta Smith. Um, I think you know there's a lot of talk about um, now is the time to get in on those elites kind of rookie slash sophomore, depending on how you word them, um, wide receivers, you know, obviously Jamar Chase, Elijah Moore, to an extent, Jalen Waddle, they're, they're all being massively hyped up. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you listen to or, or go and read anything, those are the, the probably the three hottest names um, that anybody is talking about right now. I'd, I'd potentially argue that Devonta Smith needs to be in that, kind of consideration i think that he didn't have the year we'd all hoped um i think that we, we can put a lot of that down to offensive scheme and and quarterback and, and play calling and that side of things but i really believe in the talent you know this is a guy that's a heisman trophy winner he is a 97th percentile prospect in my model the only receivers that are ahead of him in the last three years are jamal chase and cd lamb um yes that puts him ahead of justin jefferson and jerry judy i truly believe that he is an elite talent the one question mark we had about him coming out was his size and whether he'd be able to kind of play across an entire season and, and stay healthy well he played 16 games um you know i i really truly believe that devonta smith has got top 12 wide receiver upside. I think that that offense will take a step forward this year. I think in year two, I think Jalen Hurts will be the quarterback again. And I really think that that passing volume will still be there, if not a bit more. I think he's going to rush the same amount, but I believe the offense as a whole is going to improve. And I really think that Devon Smith is going to be the number one target on that offense. And I think that at the moment, he's kind of getting forgotten about because it feels like we're getting Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, Jamal Chase as these overhyped rookie wide receivers. And I think that Devonta Smith is is kind of the name that I'm I'm going out and certainly inquiring about now. 
Um, I'd also throw Rashad Bateman in in this category. I think that he's you know certainly flashed last year, and I'm I'm very high on him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very keen and very excited to uh, to see where where Devonta Smith could uh, could end up next year. No, I I love that pick, Rich. Um, I've been thinking about Devonta Smith in all of the startups, but well, I say all all two of them uh, so far this season. And yeah, as, as you said, it just he's completely undervalued at the moment, and I don't understand why. The only thing I can really chalk it up to is he was a first round pick, um, a top ten pick at that in the NFL draft. He was probably taken in the first round. Um, of your rookie drafts, so people were kind of expecting production, um, or people were worried about the the weight because that was the main worry coming out of college was he was he's one seventy, um, so maybe people that just haven't got over that and still think he's not going to do well. I mean, he broke the Eagles um, wide receiver receiving yard um, record. Uh, in the 17 game season, he played for not very is that many rookie? snaps. Is that rookie? Because I believe because so. he didn't he didn't have that many yards. 916. I'm pretty sure he did because he went in for a very limited amount of snaps to get the record in the last game of the season and then sat. They they must have had a thousand yard receiver. What about Jeffrey in that stuff? Uh, that's what I'm saying. So was it a rookie, a rookie record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a rookie yeah. record. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were saying it was an all top. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that's, that's me. Yeah, here. rookie. Oh, he, he played 19% of snaps against Dallas in week 18 because yeah, he, he uh, just yeah. went in, got the 40 odd yards that he needed, and then sat the rest of the game. So he basically ran for or received 900 yards through 16 games. As a rookie, we would expect that to be really good production, but I, I just don't think the value is caught up with him at the moment. Um, in a recent startup I've done, 12-team Superflex, he went in the fifth, um, and the team that took him at building really young, they've got like T. Higgins, Waddle, they went really young. So, yeah, I, I just love the value at the moment. Talking about value, though, Rich, what would you pay for him right now in terms of 2021 picks or 2022 picks? Sorry. So 2022 picks, so I have, if we're talking Superflex, so I have got him valued currently um, around the 104. I'd have him above the 104 in a startup right now. So I guess what I'm saying is I'd trade the 101, 102, 103 for him. Um, sorry, I'd trade him for the, the, the top three pick in a super flex, or I'd rather have him over any other first. In terms of if we're talking kind of random picks, um, I value him around a kind of random future first and a second, maybe a first and two seconds, something like that. Um, he's my wide receiver four team currently. Um, so I've got him ahead of... Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Mark Evans. Um, I'd, I'd have him over all those guys right now. Yeah, I, I've got him over all of them as well. So I think we're both equally as high on on this one. Let's move on to my pick because I want to talk a little bit more, Rich. Um, so I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster and without trying to sound like a broken record because I was really on him last year and then um, he got injured. 
he's still really young and he's 25 years old, right? He's had top 24 production three times in his career. He's been the wide receiver eight. Um, yes, that was in 2018 with um, Antonio Brown still there in Pittsburgh. But I really like the way that this guy plays. My biggest concern for him is he's becoming a free agent. But currently at cost, he, again, recent startup that I did, he went in the 10th round, uh, start of the 10th round over... Mike Williams, but behind Devin Singletree, um, Leonard Fournette in the ninth, Hunter Renfro, um, Jerry Judy, Chase, Chase Claypool. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Chase Claypool. I'd take Juju over him every day of the week. I just think that he's a massive value, and people, because he's been in the league for five years, think that he is older than he is. Rich, am I just getting enamoured by my Juju love from last year, or... Are you on the same lines as me? Just more as a value that's going to rise pick rather than expecting him to be a top 10 wide receiver this year. Yeah, I think, it, you know, there's there's a lot of question marks around what's going to happen with um, with obviously where he's going to land and that side of things. Like it's, it's hard not to, you know, really, quite frankly, like the value at the moment. As you said, he's got potentially elite upside Um if he ends up in, you know, somewhere like a Kansas City or something like that, his his price is going to skyrocket. Um, I'm I'm a big juju guy. I've I've always been a big juju guy. Um, you know, sometimes to my own detriment. Uh, I did write him up once he got injured in in the uh, in the middle of the season in my weekly article as you know a must buy because I thought you could buy that injury injury dip in terms of his price. Um, the fact he's going as wide receiver forty. In current ADP is um, you know certainly eye-opening. Um, I think that's you know a bargain, quite frankly. Um, it's it's just a price because I think that for me, I'd be happy paying a, a mid to late first um, in a super flex league. I'd value him around sort of the one ten, but in you know in a couple of leagues I'm in where I don't own him. I've asked around prices and I'm getting quoted obscene prices. It feels like he's one of these guys that people either love or hate. Um, and I think that those that love him um, obviously value him pretty high. I think his value is is very wide reaching. So in this startup that I'm doing at the moment, he went two picks after the 201, a rookie pick 201. So to me, I would pay the 201 for him every day of the week. But yeah. again, I think that's a bit of my... Juju buys from last year, hoping that he kind of does what I expected him to do this year. I think the the thing people, I think the thing that people really think about with free agents is, oh, we don't know where they're going, so it's a huge risk, and to an extent it is. But there's also that huge upside of, as you said, if he goes to a top offense like a, a Kansas City, for example. That's a huge upgrade and a huge instant value boost. So even if you take him then and then sell him when he gets signed by the Chiefs or someone like that, and if he doesn't get signed by the Chiefs, you can still hold him until he starts playing because he'll do better than what he's done over the past two years when he's been injured, had Big Ben, new arm, Big Ben, throw into him. Um, I mean, 
just looking at his stats, he had an awful game against the Packers, which was his, the last full game that he played. But I remember watching that game and Big Ben missed him on two big, wide open touchdown, long, deep balls. If they were connected, they were going straight to the house, both of them. And I think if he goes anywhere to a competent uh, uh, competent quarterback, I think, not the sky's the limit, but I think he's going to get back into that top 24 range and he'll be turning 26. So you can't really ask for a younger wide receiver at the, the 10th, 11th round. It, it really annoys me when people say, oh, but he's a free agent as a negative. Because to me, if, if his price is decreased because he's a free agent, as you said, that's a fantastic buy opportunity. Okay, if, if we're to sit here and talk about potential free agent landing spots, and yes, we can throw out, you know, dream landing spots. But in terms of a landing spot, is there any wide receiver call where he's going to face more competition than Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool? You know, Pat Freyamuth, Najee Harris got a decent amount of targets. Is there any quarterback that is going to be worse for him next year than Big Ben has been the last two years? Depending on who you ask, Jimmy G. But I'm not on that train. But yeah, I I get what you're saying, that there aren't many quarterbacks that are going to be worse for him. Is there going to be an offence that is, you know, is going to be worse for him? Wherever he goes, and he's going to get to pick where he goes... They're, they're going to make him a featured part of the offense because they're going to pay him, you know, 10, 15 million a year. I just don't see a world in which he's walking into a situation worse than Pittsburgh. And yet people are knocking him because he's going to leave Pittsburgh. And I, it just, you know, it feels like we're talking outside, outside the both sides of our mouths in terms of saying, oh, we're knocking him because he's a potential free agent. Oh, but Pittsburgh is an awful situation. It's like... Yeah. Okay, so we, we're either he's going to get a better situation in free agency, or we should be valuing him more as as a stealer. And I, I just I just can't get my head around it. So yeah, I I agree with you. I think you know I've I seem to have always been above consensus on Juju. Um, I think he's my wide receiver thirty one at the moment. As I said, he's going wide receiver forty in ADP. So there's a decent discrepancy there. I um. I disagree with your Visca pick, but um, yeah, I, I agree with you on Juju. I'm glad I salvaged it in the end. Good stuff. So my my final pick then, Liam. Um, I, I feel like we've talked a lot about a lot of players this year. I've rubbed in, you know, some sorting the wounds around certain players that that are probably going to be leaving Green Bay. Um, but I feel like I've I've not mentioned the fact that Aaron Rodgers could well be leaving Green Bay enough. So I thought, what better? Let's 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 highlight him again on this week's pod. Um, so look, I, I sit here and I say it constantly: age is the most overrated aspect of of quarterback play in dynasty. It is absolutely ridiculous how we're so quick to move on to these next shiny new young quarterback that we forget that we've got a guy that's you know coming off yet another MVP season and is just churning out fantasy points for fun. And I don't think he's going anywhere. I think in terms of retiring for, for the foreseeable future, right? If if the price you can get on him at the moment is decreased because people think that he's going to retire, then I'm absolutely buying that all day. He's currently QB 10 in ADP. This is a guy that was the QB 5 this year. You know, 
I, I can't get my head around how you can sit here and say, I'd rather three years of Trevor Lawrence over Aaron Rodgers. And I get that people are listening and going, oh, but Aaron Rodgers, you only get for three years, where Trevor Lawrence, you'll get for the next 20. Well, based on how Trevor Lawrence played last year, is there any guarantee that he's going to be starting quarterback in Jacksonville in four years' time? Yes, I get that he's, you know, the most incredible prospect we've had since Andrew Luck and blah, blah, blah. But we see it time and time again. We bring in these young quarterbacks, they show some flashes, we overhype them, and then they don't produce. Remember, Baker Mayfield was the QB3 in ADP after his rookie season. We overhype overhype these young quarterbacks time and time again. Give me Aaron Rodgers for the next three years over plenty of other quarterbacks. I think for me, I call it, I've got an elite seven. Um, I think it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott. After that seven, if you're picking any other person other than Aaron Rodgers, I'd be intrigued to hear your argument because I, I don't think there's a sensible argument that you can make and no, I can have Trevor Lawrence for the next 20 years isn't a sensible argument. <laughs> I mean, just following on from that point, how many dynasty leagues go for 20 years, realistically? It, Very if few. it's if it's not a home league where you all know each other, you meet up every year for a draft, and it, I I just don't see it happening. It's, inter- it's so, interesting, Liam, that you say how many leagues go for twenty years because obviously you not being twenty years old, obviously you've not got a, a dynasty no, league not. twenty years long. Well, I've been a part of too many dynasty leagues and seen enough of them folded already. Uh, but that might have been just people being startup happy during COVID, not having anything to do. Um, but back onto Aaron Rodgers, I, I <laughs> surprise, surprise, the Green Bay fan um, agrees with you on Aaron Rodgers being great. I think at the moment, people really undervalue um, or overvalue age in terms of being young and undervalue the older quarterbacks because of that, as you said. In again, I'm just referring back to the dynasty startup I'm doing at the moment. Um, after the Elite Seven, they all went off in very similar order to what you mentioned. We had Trey Lance as the QB8, uh, Stafford QB9, Lawrence as the QB10, Fields as the QB11, Rusk 12, Hertz 13, Mac Jones 14, which uh, the guy that took him is a massive Mac Jones fan. So um, Tua as the 15. And then Rogers as the 16. To me, if I can get Aaron Rodgers as a QB 16 is insane. I'm absolutely gobsmacked. Someone took Mac Jones ahead of Aaron Rodgers. He's a massive Mac Jones fan. But yes, like I'm not saying that's going to happen every draft. But what I'm saying is that is absolutely insane that you can get Aaron Rodgers as QB 16. I don't care what the other seven, eight quarterbacks going in front of him are, if I can get him <laughs> QB 16 prices for the next three years, I'm taking that every day of the week. It's, I, it's I just love, insane to me. I love the potential of Trey Lance. I love the potential of Justin Fields. But would we be shocked if they were on the scrap heap in two, three years' time? You know, we see it time and time again. 50% of these rookie quarterbacks fail. 
yet we're holding up Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. They're all like QB1s and, you know, if Mac Jones apparently according to that startup. Like how you're drafting those guys ahead of Aaron Rodgers, I just I just don't get it. And I think that, yes, I'm, I'm all about building long-term and trying to build a dynasty and trying to, you know, compete for multiple years. But I just think you're doing it wrong if you're looking at it and you're saying, but my quarterback's 22, 23. But it's like, yeah, but what is he going to produce? It's like, yes, if... If Trey Lance turns into what we hope Trey Lance could be, then incredible. He'll be a solid QB1 for multiple years. But what if there's a reason why he couldn't beat out Jimmy G? What if he doesn't turn into what we all hope? And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking as a an optimist here. We hope Trey Lance is going to be a fantastic quarterback for fantasy. But what happens if he... If he doesn't have that elite accuracy that we hope, yes, he's got the arm strength, yes, he's got the rushing ability, but what happens if he can't sustain drives because he can't complete passes? And, you know, you're left holding the bag over some proposed youth. Whereas for me, if I can get Aaron Rodgers, who, as I said, was a top five quarterback again this year, that's that's despite missing games, didn't he? He missed one, two games. No, he never missed a game last year. Yeah, he did. He had COVID, didn't he? So he definitely missed oh, one. Oh, yes. He, he, yeah, he missed one. Sorry. I'm looking at it and it says 16, so I just thought nothing <laughs> of it. Yeah, he did miss one last year and he's still the QB6. Yeah, well, there you go. So, you know, it's to me, it's it's ridiculous. This is a... He is elite quarterback. I do not believe any of the rumours that he's retiring. I cannot believe that he is disappearing. He's coming off what we expect to be an MVP season and I just think that at his price snap it up you know i'd i'd be happy paying genuinely i'd pay two first for aaron Rodgers in a random superflex league i don't think you even need to get close to paying that i think I if think you give a first you think, probably got a deal done yeah and i think you can probably get him for a late first and a second like if you're a contender and you can go out and spend your you know late first and a late second and get aaron Rodgers, deal done because i just can't get my head around his current price just just a couple more things before we wrap up um just for this part so Aaron Rodgers the only time he hasn't been a top 10 quarterback in his career not in any other time in his career is when he started less than 15 games and that has been since he's been the starter that has been two seasons where he started seven games and nine games obviously he was the backup to Brett Favre to start with. Everyone knows that story if you've watched the NFL at all. But he's played 15 and 16 games every other season, and he's always been the QB 9 or above. That is his worst season when he's played a full season or close to. I think if you're playing a late first and a second to get that value. The other thing that I wanted to touch on with you before we wrap up here, what are you thinking for if he goes somewhere else? Because there's obviously rumours where he's going to get traded. To me, to personally, I don't care where he goes. Um, I don't think he's going to a worse situation than Green Bay. I don't think he'd accept that trade. Um, he'd just sit out and, and would let the trade go through. Equally, if um, he goes some, if, if Green Bay does get him somewhere better, I know Broncos, the Denver Broncos have been a uh, candidate um i know there's reports about the titans he said he said that he wanted to be um or he was open to being a titan 
um, in a trade, they're not worse situations. If they're better situations, and he makes those teams better. Imagine him going to the Tennessee Titans, having Derrick Henry, so you have to stack the box against him. But then if you stack the box, you've got Aaron Rodgers, who will tear you apart on any blitz that you send at him. I just don't see a worse situation than what he is currently in right because now. There isn't one. He wouldn't leave. He holds all the cards. That's my point. That, he that's exactly all the my point. He's not leaving to a worse situation. So to me, the situation will only be better than what he currently has in the uh, Green Bay. But before before we wrap it up, I've, I've just had a message from one of our patrons um, that I thought was so fantastic I had to share it. So shout out to, to Gary Atkinson. He's at GaryAcko17 on Twitter. Um, so he's just sent me. So over the last 10 years, this is the top 12 fantasy QBs broken down by age. Okay. Coming in such so, Gary. So the it's broken down by each year. So age 23 can can prizes of 11% of the top 20, 12 seasons over the last 10 years. Age 25 is third with 10% of the age of the top 12 seasons. Age 35 plus is responsible for 21% of the uh, of the age of the top 12 QB seasons. Like okay. Yes, a large proportion of that is because we've had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and that producing fantasy seasons. But as I said, Aaron Rodgers was a top five QB this year. If you only look at the first sixteen, the seventeen games, despite the fact he missed a game and was age thirty eight, why do we think that his arms suddenly going to fall off at age thirty nine? I'm, the, I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers for one more year. The thing to add to that point of thirty five plus is if you think about how many twenty two to twenty four year olds come into the league compared to how many quarterbacks actually make it to 35 plus the wildly va- like they're vastly different numbers so you have a much higher percentage of success within those populations at the higher level but you probably have a a, a, large, a very small portion of the 22 to 24 year olds actually making it to 35 plus if you're exactly. not elite then you don't get to that level you probably retire or you become a backup at that point so yeah, I, I'm all with you on Aaron Rodgers, Rich. Awesome. Well, that, that concludes part one of the pod. I hope you uh, stay with us. As I said, we've got a fantastic guest lined up to talk through three more Dynasty buys. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I hope you're all doing well. This is part two of a very special bumper episode for you guys we have got with us a very very exciting guest um he is writer and one third of the dynasty nerd podcast also a writer and ranker over at fantasy pros joining us today we've got garrett price or as you may know him at dynasty price how you doing garrett man i'm doing well i'm doing well i uh uh, always love getting to to talk to new people, new friends about fantasy football, uh, dynasty buys, dynasty sells, all that kind of stuff. It's it's always fun, so I'm excited to be here. No, thank you very much, and very uh, very much appreciate you uh, taking time to come on. Um, so, for those of our listeners, just just before we kind of dive into the main topic of the show, we always like to to have a brief kind of get to know you of the guest. So. Sure. Uh, for those who who may not be uh, dynasty listeners, um, how long have you kind of been been kind of playing fantasy football, and I guess specifically dynasty? I've been playing dynasty since 
this will be my 10th year, I believe, playing Dynasty. Uh, so I've been I've been doing it for a while. It was a bunch of college buddies of mine. The the uh, the year after we graduated college, uh, we started a, a brand new league and it was a dynasty league. And that was a, a very foreign concept at the time. It's really only been the past five years that dynasty has really exploded. Uh, so it was a really like odd concept at the time that you you kept everybody. And, you know, we thought we were like cutting edge. It wasn't even super flex, but we thought we were cutting edge because we had like half point per completion. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that was like the craziest idea ever. Uh, so, so yeah, but uh, that league, I still, all original 10 members are still in that league. Uh, so it's really cool. Just a bunch of good friends of mine. Uh, as far as being a fantasy analyst, I've been in the space for uh, going into my fourth year now. I started with uh, Dynasty Nerds and uh, just as a, just as a writer and uh, worked worked my way up and they were like hey you don't suck on the mic uh do you do you want to do this more often and i was like yeah sure why not that's great and uh and here we are today fantastic so can you remember who your uh, who your first ever dynasty draft pick was my first ever dynasty pick uh my first ever fantasy football draft pick period was sean alexander um my first ever dynasty because of that that half point per completion thing I talked about I remember I had the fourth pick in my startup the first three guys were Trent Richardson uh Doug Martin and Alfred Morris those were the first three guys off the board and I was like I think guys are forgetting that like the half point complete per completion is going to like help the quarterback position so I took Aaron Rodgers and uh worked out pretty well nice I think oh, man. I'm trying to think back I think mine I think mine was Calvin Johnson okay uh, I think it was we did it similar in that it was six point touchdown and stuff and I remember the first guy took Andrew Luck as a rookie and oh, geez, I was yeah and it, it, I think I was the 102 and it completely threw me and I was like okay fine I'll just, I'll just take Calvin and we can move on kind of thing <laughs> there you go I mean I've been playing a lot less than you guys uh, my first draft pick uh redraft anyway was alvin kamara so that says everything that was okay yeah saquon barkley's rookie here so i got him in the second because no one wanted to take him and that took me to a title so hey there you go that's awesome so garrett today we are going to be talking about dynasty buys so do you want to take it away with your first dynasty buy for the listeners sure yeah this is if if any i don't know how much crossover there is but uh, if you've heard me on the the, the Dynasty Nerds podcast, uh, this is not going to come as a surprise because I feel like every offseason, I'm like, buy this player. He's too cheap. He's going to perform as a top 24 wide receiver, maybe even better. And every year he does it. And then people just like move on again and don't draft him that well. Uh, and that's Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks part of the Houston Texans organization right now. He's been on a lot of different teams, and I think that's part of what has scared people. He also doesn't have the traditional X wide receiver profile that you love to see. You you know, you want a guy that's like 6'1", 210 pounds, and he's more of this smaller speed receiver, but every year, year in and year out, he makes it happen. This past year, once again, uh, top 20 receiver. He just seems incredibly consistent. In fact, other than his rookie season, the only other year that he didn't finish as a top 20 receiver uh, was in 2019, and that was the season that he was uh, – or 18. It was either 18 or 19, and it was the season that he was dealing with all those concussions. And so he missed some time and, and a lot of stuff with that. But other than that, top 20 guy every single season. He did it this year uh, with the combination of Tyrod Taylor and, and Davis Mills. Mills actually played much better than I think a lot of people 
would have expected he was going to play. So worst case scenario, I think that's the starting quarterback. Uh, but there's definitely a chance that they draft somebody and, and try to get an upgrade as well. And so I think either way, he's going to be the main weapon in this offense once again in 2022. And I'm more than happy to keep getting him on the cheap. I absolutely so, love that. I absolutely love it. So um, as soon as you said a guy that is completely undervalued, my first two thoughts were Adam Thielen, because that currently is no sure. one wanted to draft him last year. Um, and then Brandon Cooks was my other one. So I'm glad I'm on the same page as you at least. Absolutely. Um, Simpatico there. Definitely. So the, the other thing that I wanted to elaborate on is every year he's been a t- top 20 wide receiver. He's also had a thousand yards. And I think that goes wildly under uh, under the radar. And no one really seems to know that he's yeah. oh, constantly going over a thousand yards. And it's always on different teams. He's been with the Saints. He's been uh, with the Rams, the Texans. I can't remember who he was. Patriots. Patriots as well. That was the one. So he's constantly moving around and still performing. So I don't understand why he's so undervalued all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. I think to to perhaps offer a little bit of a, a different opinion. I think I love I love Cooks, and I he's certainly been someone that I've loved. I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about longevity. In the, I, I think he's in Texas in Houston this year. I think sure. he's he's going to stay there. He's, he's contract, but I'm a little bit concerned about that 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 kind of 2023 and beyond. Um, I I agree with you. I think you know price dependent. If we're talking you know, mid-second round pick, I'm, I'm all over it. But um, I, I just worry that it could be a little bit of a, a shorter-term um, buy as such rather than uh, any potential longevity past this next year. Well, and, and that's, part of, that's part of the equation with it because – and I think that's the reason that he's currently still undervalued so much. Uh, he's 28 years old, so we're talking – he's the same – he was in the same class as uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, like all of those guys are in the same class. They're all roughly the same age and they're all starting to become a little bit of a value because people always want to turn the page to the young guys and, and rightfully so you get the longevity with that. But several receivers perform well in their age 28, 29, 30, 31 season. You mentioned Adam Thielen, uh, the guy's 31 years old and still producing. So I think he could easily do that. And part of the reason I think he's such a good buy is just how constantly undervalued he is right now. I'm in a startup and I've looked at data from about eight or nine other startups. And he's currently going uh, in almost every single draft uh, between wide receiver 33 and wide receiver 40. Uh, I think you're going to have a hard time finding 33 to 40 other receivers that are going to be able to produce like Brandon cooks is going to be able to produce over the next two seasons and two to three seasons is still a very large window uh, in fantasy football, just look back at your dynasty roster from three years ago and and tell me how different it looks today. So I, I think that's the reason that I still think that he's going to be a good value for the coming two to three seasons. Yeah, so it, that. It, in one of my startups, Rich, just to elaborate on that draft pick point, um, he went just after Gabriel Davis and Michael Gallup. Um, hit one pick before Jacoby Myers. Um, two picks before Alan Robinson, Rondell Moore was about five picks behind. To be honest, I'd take Cooks over a lot of those players and a lot of the players that went in the round before him. I know you're about to disagree because we, we just heard a little snippet of that. So I'll let you take away. 
No, I, I think I'd, I wouldn't disagree with any of those players. I think I'd have him above above all of those, and indeed I do at the moment. Um, in in terms of price, Garrett, mm-hmm. what would you? I appreciate you know the the cheapest possible is is probably the right answer, but what would you be willing <laughs> to pay kind of max price in a you know a standard sort of super flex twelve team league? It's going to depend on uh, where my team is at, I think, is a big, big factor in this. If I'm a rebuild team, you know, he's not the type of player that I'm going after in a rebuild. I don't want any wide receiver over the age of 26. I don't want any running back over the age of 24 if I'm in a rebuild. You know, I, I'm sticking solely with you. So I think when we're looking at this, we ha- we're, we're speaking strictly to more of these contending type teams, the teams that you look at your roster right now and you're like, I'm absolutely a top three team in this league. Who's a player that I can stick in my flex? Who's somebody that I could start week in and week out? Or, you know, if I have a lot of depth, who's somebody that could be my bi-week fill-in guy? You know, I think Brandon Cooks is that type of guy. Uh, absolute worst-case scenario, I would give two seconds uh, for, for Brandon Cooks. I think you could probably get him a hair cheaper than that. But if I needed to give, especially in 20, uh, 2022 here, the class is not overly strong. If you're telling me, okay, you got to give me 2-2 two, two and 2-9. Two, Okay, I'll give you two, two, and two, nine for somebody that I think is going to be a, a top twenty-four receiver for the next two seasons. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree with that. I've got him in my survival kit. I've got him valued as the is same price as the one twelve. So there you go. So sim, similar kind of uh, price range. There we go. So who's who's going to be your next dynasty buy then, Garrett? My next dynasty buy, I'm going to go with Zach Wilson, a quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, you made Rich very happy by saying that. Hey, there we go. See, I, I pleased you on the first one. I, you know, I'm Rich out here. You know, I, I, I'm a man of the people. Uh, Zach Wilson is uh, my next buy. And it's interesting because I wasn't the biggest Zach Wilson stand coming out of college. I thought, good player. I think he did a lot of things very well lightning quick release and i think that was probably his best attribute uh but i wasn't necessarily going to take him over uh lawrence or fields uh and him and trey lance were kind of neck and neck for me the reason he becomes such a good buy now is one i really liked how he finished the season i started to see some of that development i started to see some of that rapport with these young receivers speaking of a young receiver he's got a guy in elijah moore that i really like i think he's going to be a very good receiver in this league for a long time they have some good draft capital. They have some good pieces on that offensive line. They're going to get Becton back. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they used their top 10 pick on another uh, offensive lineman this year. So that would not shock me in the least with how good some of those top end offensive linemen are there. So everything's kind of being built around Zach Wilson to really insulate him and, and make him, you know, the type of player that I think could be a very successful fantasy asset long term. Now, the thing that really puts it over the top, though, is like I said, uh, you know, originally I wouldn't take him over those guys. And and still, I think he's in a very, very similar range as, as Lance and, and Fields. I think they're on a very similar tier, very similar plane, but their price tags are drastically different. Right now, um, and so I'm in the midst of a startup right now. Uh, Trey Lance went at 201. This is a super flex. Justin Fields went at 204. Trevor Lawrence went at 206. So we're talking first half of the second round. All three of these guys are going. You guys care to guess where Zach Wilson went? I'm I'm going to say four early fourth round. I reckon that's about where he's been going in startups I've done so far this offseason. 
I'm going to cheat and go with the dynasty startup that I'm currently doing and say okay. sixth. That's where he went. He went sixth. Wow. Sixth there was um, a massive gap uh, with the quarterback one tier, kind of that tier, sure. and then anything afterwards. Wow. So that's even a better value than that. He went at the very, very end, uh, the last pick of the fourth round wow. uh, here. So we're talking two and a half round value difference between those three quarterbacks and Zach Wilson, when I think they should be very closely ranked. I think, you know, if you're going to say one of them's worth the 203, all right, then Zach Wilson should probably be taken at 210. You know, he should be in a similar conversation as to these guys. So to get two and a half rounds worth of value for Zach Wilson, I think is great. I would currently take him over every single quarterback that is in this class in 2022. Uh, so that makes it easily, you know, you say, all right, I'll uh, I'll give you Zach Wilson for the, the 103. Okay, I'll take Zach Wilson. That sounds great. I think I'm going to jump in there, Liam, because A, as a Jets fan, I feel like I, I've kind of have to. Um, it's funny because whenever I talk about Jets players, people call me a homer, but I feel like I'm the complete opposite in that because I've – you know, been tormented by the Jets for 25 years. I'm, I'm a Browns uh, fan, so I get it. Yeah, I, I think I'm normally lower on Jets players than consensus. Um, but for me, the thing with Wilson is that there's kind of almost been cemented this sort of what I think is the top 15 quarterbacks in Superflex. So you've got all your elite guys, all your young guys, and then there's sort of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, and that's sort of the top 15. And then there's this next tier that I sort of class as basically the boring quarterbacks. So it's Mac Jones, Tua, Derek Carr, Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, that, that sort of tier. And Zach Wilson is going in that tier at the moment. And the thing for me is that all of those guys, I think, are capped as QB2s. And I don't think any of that Mac Jones, Tua... Cousins tier have got the potential in their playing style, in their situations, in their kind of quarterbacking ability to have those elite fantasy seasons. Whereas I see Zach Wilson, and I think he's he was slightly miscast in terms of when he came out, people thought, oh, he's a, he's a mobile quarterback. He's, he's mobile and he's athletic, but he's never going to be, you know, he's never going to be Lamar or he's never going to be Kyler. I think he's going to settle into that perhaps Aaron Rodgers mold where he'll probably have three to 500 rushing yards a year. He'll probably have five, six rushing touchdowns, but he's never going to, you know, be a big part of his overall fancy production from that rushing side. But out of that entire tier, he's the only one in there that has got truly elite potential. I think, and I've, I've watched every sad say I've watched every throw of his in the NFL two or three times. I, I truly believe that he has got the potential and I'm saying potential here very carefully, to be a top five NFL quarterback. I think his arm talent, and you talked about his quick release and and, and all of that, if he can get it together mentally pre-snap, which I think is his biggest issue at the moment, I don't think, certainly in the first half of the season, the scheme, I don't think him and LeFleur were, were on the same page at all. I think if he can get it together mentally, the sky's the limit for him. And it, yes, it's it's a bit of a risk because he could easily, you know, as the Jets have shown over the last 15 years, he could easily flame out and, you know, be Donald 2.0, Mark Sanchez 2.0, who shows flashes but never puts it together. But for me, if I'm at a point in, you know, in a startup where I'm looking at my QB2, I, I fancy taking that risk. 
because I truly believe the talent and the upside is so much higher than anybody else in this in this tier of as I classified them boring quarterbacks. I'm going to jump in there, Rich, because I purposely left it as the Jets fans for you to go and take that one away because I knew you were itching as soon as Zach Wilson's name was said. I knew you were itching to jump in there. But my biggest thing about Wilson, and I, I love this as a as a buy candidate, but Trevor, I don't see the difference between him and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, yeah, the the draft capital, he, Lawrence went first, he went second. Oh, well, it's not too much, but... Where I'm going with this is Trevor Lawrence has got such of a pass because of how much of a shambles the Jaguars, the whole organisation was last year. And again, Rich, I'm sorry, I try not to bash the Jets as much, but how much of a difference was the Jags organisation other than losing their head coach, uh, their head coach mid-season and the Jets? I, I don't see, yeah, you've got a, a young wide receiver in Elijah Moore that started to pop off. But apart from that, I don't see much of a difference between the two. Production numbers-wise, um, they weren't too dissimilar either. I, I've got a, I, I was doing a little bit of an analysis, I can't ever say that word, um, with a couple of the guys in that startup that I was talking about. And Trevor Lawrence was only a couple of hundred um, yards away if you took Wilson's numbers and stretched it to a 17-game season, which Lawrence played. Um if that offense improves at all, you're going to see Wilson improve considerably, in my opinion, anyway. So I love this as a buy because there's a huge gap between Lawrence and Wilson in price at the moment, but I don't see the gap in in production at all and potential going forward. And um, so, Garrett, let's move on to your third player. Who who do you have as a as a new buy? Yeah, my last one uh, breaks breaks my typical mold. Uh, I am not typically uh, a person that buys running backs. Uh, I tend to draft running backs a lot, uh, but I don't typically tend to buy running backs because usually the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. You're going to pay several first-round picks, and you're going to have them for two seasons, and then they're you know they're they're dust. They're, they're old, they're, you know, it, it's just, it's really, really difficult to pay the price tag on a, on a top end running back and get that sort of production out of them. However, I do think that there's an exception to that rule this season. And, you know, I, I kind of talked that about what we were seeing with, with, um, with Zach Wilson there, where there's a, several guys that I think should be classified in a similar tier but their price tags are drastically different. And that's kind of how I, I feel about this player as well. Uh, we see guys like, um, let me make sure I pull it up here. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, before the questionable, whatever happened off the field, Alvin Kamara, uh, Saquon Barkley, um, Derek Henry. A lot of these players are a little bit older as far as running backs go. Uh, and you're all in a startup super flex. You're looking right around the third round for all of these guys. Dalvin cook would also be in that tier of guys where right around that 26 or so age range and that you're going to have to use third round draft capital to get them. There is a player going, uh, over two rounds later that is now somehow magically sitting in a similar tier price wise, 
uh, with guys like David Montgomery and Elijah Mitchell and Aaron Jones that I think is just significantly better in a significantly better offense in a significantly better situation. And that's Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb has now been looked at as this player that doesn't have any value. And I think it's interesting because what people typically point to first is the lack of receiving upside. And that's absolutely true. That is absolutely true. His, his ceiling is very capped when it comes to upside in the receiving game. However, two seasons ago, he was a top 12 running back. I believe he was eighth, despite missing four games. This year, also missed four games again, uh, maybe even five games. He, he, he had uh, COVID, I know, for, for one or two, and then he had like a leg thing. I don't remember exactly what it all was, but was running back 13. So the guy is incredibly, incredibly productive, doesn't need a lot of touches, and there's rumors that Kareem Hunt might not even be on this team next year. There's a chance that he could get moved in the offseason. The Browns would basically not owe him anything. It's, it's a very low cap hit um, if, they, if they get rid of him, trade him, whatever. And there's a lot of teams that could really use a solid running back right now. So the Browns could get good draft capital back for a guy like Kareem Hunt. So I'm all in on, on getting Nick Chubb. Once again, similar to Brandon Cooks, though, this is a contender move. If you are a rebuilding team, if you're a team that you do not think you are a legitimate top three team in your league, don't go after Nick Chubb. That's a bad investment. However, if you're a team that you're like, you know what? My, my receivers, sexy. My quarterbacks, looking fire. My tight ends, I got Travis Kelsey. He's probably going to die soon, but he's still producing. <laughs> like Everything is looking good, but I'm just I just need that one more running back. I think the Nick Chubb juice is worth the squeeze. I'm, 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 I'm amazed and, and honoured that, uh, that you picked Nick Chubb. I'm, uh, so my, I'm letting listeners behind the curtain here. So I've, um, I've just uh, started that I'm going to be writing for DLF. Uh, and my oh, first, nice. thank you. My first series is a uh, is series on dynasty decisions. And uh, my, my debut article is on Nick Chubb. Oh, there you go. Uh, so there you go. So, so perfectly timed. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much came to the same conclusion as you in that this is a guy that's, you know, he, he's been a top 24 player in ADP since 2018. Um, you know, he is incredibly durable. As you said, he's played in 58 of a possible 65 career games. If you look at Joe Mixon's played in 52, Saquon Barkley's played in 44, Osnick has played in 56 in, across that same span. Um, I think... The reason why he's he's kind of being forgotten is I think he doesn't have that top three or four running back upside because sure. I think the lack of receiving work basically caps that ceiling. Um, you know, this is a guy that's that's averaged um, around two targets a game for his career. Um, you know, he, he's never going to get that huge receiving potential. Um, on the Kareem Hunt point, the way his contract structured, the Browns can cut him with zero dead cap. There's, there's absolutely, you know, they can move away from him for essentially scot free. Um, I think he's he's a fantastic buy candidate. I think he's, you know, I'm I'm normally one that sits here and says always be selling running backs. The second a running back gets back onto that second contract, ideally, I'm I'm trying to move a year before he gets onto that second contract. Absolutely, but, but yep, he's abs- he's absolutely a guy that. I'm, I'm not looking to move because I don't think the price is there. You know, your 
you're looking for ideally that two, three first rounds capital to move him. And I, I don't think you'd get that. I think for me, he is a solid back end RB1 for the next two years at least. Um, and I don't think any price you get selling him at the moment is is anywhere close to, to valuing that production. Yeah, I, I again love this. I just feel like I'm echoing everything you're saying and lo- loving you because you're a new guest. But <laughs> no, um, I, I again love this. Just to play a devil's advocate to both of you, um, Nick Chubb's contract isn't very good dead cap-wise either, um, for Nick Chubb, should I say. Even though, yeah, you can get rid of Hunt for, was it zero dead cap rich? Yeah. You you can get rid of Nick Chubb for 1.2 mil this year. And then next year, um, I believe it's three mil with an option bonus um, on the dead cap. But next year, they would save like 11 million if that's the case. So <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Do you get rid of Hunt? Do you get rid of Chubb? Which one do you see them going down? I think there's a, it's slightly worded differently, but I believe there's a um, an extra guarantee if he's on the roster at the third day of signing this year. So I believe if they move him at next season, it would be a six point eight mil dead cap. Um, or certainly they'd only save six point eight mil in cap space if they moved him. So it's not a huge saving. And for me, I think Nick Chubb's a top. You know, I think he's top two or three talented running back. I think he obviously doesn't offer that receiving upside. Um, but I think with the way the Browns are building the offensive line, obviously you've seen them re-sign both those guards to, to very impressive contracts. I think you know the way they're building this franchise, if they're going to keep Baker beyond this season, I think they need that elite running game to help him. Um, so I, I don't foresee Nick Chubb going anywhere for the next two years. And to be honest, if I'm getting anything from Nick Chubb, after 2023, it's almost a bonus because of the way I'm sort of viewing him as, as sort of a two-year window. I don't know if you agree, Garrett. Yeah, I'm very much so on the same same wavelength there because uh, at that point, I believe Nick Chubb is currently 25. I'll have to double-check that. It's 26. Um, 26. So, yeah. So, 26. So yeah, so, at that, so he'll play most of this season at age of 26, uh, next season at age 27. And then at, at 28, I'm not counting on any running back at age 28. So, <laughs> you know, if they cut him at that point – I got two really solid years out of them. I'm more than happy with that because your contending windows usually aren't massive. If you're lucky, you have this stacked built team with, yeah, nothing to worry about. I got, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams. I got all the, in a bunch of 23 picks. And then I also got, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, you know, you're, you're young. You're going to compete for the next six years. Like that's, that's beautiful. That's not usually how it works though. Usually if you're a contending team, you're counting on, Devonte Adams you're counting on uh Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry and you know you you have some of those young pieces but it's usually not only just guys from the past two draft classes that are awesome so chances are your contending window is probably two years anyway and he'll help you for that that type of window I absolutely love that just one quick question before we have to end it Gary yeah absolutely first round pick for this year where would you move for Nick Chubb? So anywhere between the one one and the the one twelve, straight up for straight to, to up get for Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, yeah. I would give one one today to get Nick Chubb. If I'm a, if I'm a true contender, I would give one one today to get Nick Chubb. Perfect. He did go just before two picks before the one one in my dynasty startup, so that that does make sense. That but I, wanted to right, your, yep. uh, I wanted to get your opinion on that. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you ever so much for coming on, Garrett. It's been absolutely delightful having you on. Um, for the listeners, if they don't already know, where, where can they find you? Where can they uh, hear you, your, your dulcet tones and read your work? <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, everything I do for the most part uh, is at DynastyNerds.com. If you want to come uh, watch film, we've cut up a bunch of tape, uh, a lot of All-22 tape even uh, on the site there. So if you want to come watch some of that uh, for some of the incoming class, it's a perfect place to do that. We have our rookie nerd scores that we put out every year, uh, which are basically how we grade these prospects on tape alone. So it doesn't factor in anything else other than tape, but it just gives you a good idea of as a raw prospect, how talented is this player outside of draft capital, outside of landing spot? Because a lot of times that can kind of dilute a little bit of what you think of a player because you got drafted this high or went to this team. So it kind of gives you a good unbiased part on just the talent of the player alone. But I do do some things on Fantasy Pros as well. I do some of my redraft rankings and things like that. So you can find me there. But ultimately, most of my stuff, you're just going to find me talking about on Twitter at Dynasty Price. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, guys. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you again next week. live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.